0: The storyline tonight will conversation will be about the altercation between Gobert and Miles Turner. But Tim Lacombe, the story to me is that Jazz weaknesses got exposed pretty badly for 44 minutes tonight.
1: And I think, I think Rick Carlisle, like you said, just pulled all the strings. You know, he uh, this team Indiana looked like they. You know, from the very beginning, they were ultra physical, and um, they they were, you know, bodies on everybody. And the Jazz just kind of, like you said, gotten a little bit of a, a situation where they were looking more for calls than going to make plays, and it, that thing can kind of snowball on you.
0: Did you guys see anything on the TV replays that we didn't see that explained why Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles got ejected?
2: Both uh, made contact with referees, especially Joe Ingles, but oh. that's got to be it. In fact, I would I would guess Tim. We were just talking about this that their availability for Saturday might be in doubt.
3: Oh, yeah, there was. If Joe made contact with an official, for sure, Joe. But yep. what, what about Donovan?
1: I think it's the same thing. Yeah. So when the very when it first broke out, Joe kind of came in a full sprint, and Malloy got wiped out pretty good. <laughs> um, well, I thought lot, he got a lot of
0: people that are going to send him a thank you note.
1: I, I got. I saw. I thought he got pushed into him, but when you saw no. the replay, he just trucked him. I mean, it looked like it. And Ran then, right into him. Then when it kind of got untangled and then it kind of tangled up again, Donovan, in his effort to get to whoever he was talking to, um, he also got Malloy. Uh,
0: tell me if this comment is fair or unfair. Those actions by Joe and Donovan are representative of the o- overall utter lack of focus of the whole night
1: oh yeah absolutely i think that's fair don't you yeah right from the very beginning i like jake and i noticed after a call offensively defensively whatever just moving up and down the floor transition was not existent um you know ron made the comment the offense wasn't getting anything because screens weren't physical things weren't happening out there so i think yeah i think it played a factor the whole night well you guys talked about it right it seemed like the jazz complained the whole night I mean, there
2: was that one uh, sequence in what was it, the third, where Clarkson had that uh, layup where he thought he got fouled and they hit a corner in the three, uh, a corner three in transition. I mean, it happened all night long.
3: Yes, that did happen. And it affects
2: Rudy running the floor too,
3: right? Well, Rudy got caught doing the same thing, complaining about a call, and the the Pacers end up scoring. Um, I can't imagine what's going on, what's being heard in that locker room right now with Quinn especially you know you, you got to come out ready to play and well I just better not say what I'm thinking
0: I mean they got well I'm talking about getting trucked what happened to them on the offensive glass in the first half that's getting trucked right? oh
3: man
1: like no like I haven't seen before that like you said David that, everything you can pretty di- much digest what's most of the Games that have happened and they make sense, but this one they, they just looked out of sync.
0: I, I'm going to take it. I hope they were just out of sync. I, I'm this. Hey, we're 12 games in the season. Don't panic. Da, 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 right, blah blah blah. No, no. Like Indiana, Rick Carlisle has played the Jazz a million times. Prepared for him for the playoffs without playing him in the playoffs. Right. Like I mean, they prepared yep, for him last right. year. If they beat, they were up two games, nothing. They were ready to play him. He just brought out his playoff game plan and took it to him tonight. And. The Jazz had no answer for it, no differently than they did in the playoffs. That, that to me, is really bothersome. Now, maybe it was a night where they just weren't plugged in and they weren't focused and there's all this other stuff going on and it really bothered them, and that and that's part of it. But there was a designed, clear plan to attack them tonight in three prongs, and all three worked.
3: Yep, totally. Let, let me ask you this, uh, Jim, and see if you saw what I saw there. Because I thought the pace there of Indiana, the way that uh, McConnell uh, – Dorote, if that's the way you pronounce it, was pushing the ball up the floor, playing fast, but not really fast-breaking. They only had two fast-break points in the whole ball game, but they still had a tempo, had a pace there that the Jazz just just, just struggled with. Well, the I Jazz
0: had a game plan set, Ron, that we saw it shoot-around. Yes, we did. That.
3: That's the was reason d- I didn't want to say what I was saying. Yeah,
0: you probably shouldn't say that. Yeah. Um, I thought it, too. Um, but at shoot-around today, the design was had a ways for Rudy to stay in the middle. But if by getting down the floor quickly, the Jazz defense never was able to get set to be able to have to do those things to Indiana, right? Like, that's – the impact of that is that they never got to execute their defensive game plan because they were always scrambling. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, Indiana kept Rudy Gobert out of the middle – And Malcolm Brogdon just bogarted guys to the basket all night long who couldn't guard their yard. In case you didn't know, he's 6'5". He weighs 230. No, right. I mean, he made Mike Conley look like little brother. Oh, my goodness. Like, hey, little brother, come out. Let's go play some one-on-one so I can just beat you up for like 45 minutes and have you go cry to mom at the end of the day. Like, that's what you used to Mm -hmm. happen to you, and then you got tough and beat Mm -hmm. up on him.
3: Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And then he didn't want to play anymore. Start a fight. (laughs) Well, okay, we did that too. (laughs)
0: All right, I should get off the air. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you on Saturday.
2: One uh, eleven 11 to 100 is your final Jazz Fall tonight. We're breaking it down next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, Jazz Fall Tonight to the Indiana Pacers here at Vivint Arena 111 to 100 I am sure that we will talk quite a bit about uh, the altercation between Rudy Gobert and Miles Turner the the resulting injections but the truth is coach uh the Jazz were not going to win this game the way that they were playing and the way that they matched up against the Pacers
1: now in, in you know thinking about it Carlisle I mean one of the big things he said just be physical we 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 have to exert our physicality in order to stay in this game and and the referees, in my mind, you know, some nights they call it tight, some nights they call it loose. Tonight was a little bit loose. yep. And so it benefited, you know, Indiana being really physical. And then once they set the tone as a physical team and the Jazz kind of got in the mode of, you know, kind of looking around for things, that's when it can get kind of get get ugly. And it did for the Jazz. They, they did not look like themselves. Um, you know, possessions on offense did not really yield open shots and then defensively. Um, you know, the off- the rebounding, just that's the key. Uh, when you say that the Jazz had six total offensive rebounds and T.J. McConnell had five himself, that's that's not the team we've been watching all year.
2: Well, and a guy who plays hard like T.J. McConnell really the, uh, hurt the Jazz tonight. He had 21 on 10 of 14 shooting, eight total rebounds, uh, five assists, in addition to the, you know, the five offensive rebounds that you mentioned. I, it didn't feel to me like the either the Jazz were a step slow or for whatever reason, I, d- I don't want to say not playing hard necessarily, but it just didn't feel like, you know, they they were getting beat on backdoor cuts and things that just seemed like they were a step behind.
1: Yeah, and the, and the you know, the blockout situation because you can have bad bounces, but this was 50% of their misses were rebounded in that first half. That's incredible. I mean, I have not seen, I think we one time in all my years of, of coaching, we played a game where, uh, similarly, the other team kind of sent all five guys to the glass to try to slow down our break, and I think they ended up with crazy number on the offensive glass. Uh, but our guys kind of started getting, you know, they they were the aggressor. And we stood around, and that's kind of what it looked like happened tonight. Uh, the Jazz. Uh, let's see here. We're led tonight by uh, Donovan Mitchell's twenty six
2: points. On 10, uh, 11 of 20 shooting, Rudy Gobert had a double double with 19 points and 11 rebounds. Clarkson had 11 coming in off the bench, uh, but the Jazz once again did not shoot the ball well from three. They were nine of 32 for just 28. percent As far as the Pacers go, they had Malcolm Brogdon uh, lead the way with 30, and we mentioned T.J. McConnell with 21. So a lot of things did not go right tonight for the Jazz.
1: Yeah, and it's a you know a, a lot of things you can you can look at, but I think early in the game, Indiana set the tone. And the Jazz were a step slow. Uh, for what reason? Uh, you know, you would have thought it might be the other way around because of the the back to backs. But credit the 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 Pacers with a great game plan. Coach Carlisle put together, and then the guys went out and executed it. Um, you know, I think that they, like you said, there were a lot of things that that didn't go the Jazz way. But I think the biggest thing was Indiana just played harder. Yep.
2: Uh, at this point, we say goodnight to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way on Saturday afternoon game here at Vivid Arena. The Miami Heat will be in town. The game will tip off at 3 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have post-game sound. It should be a lively post-game. Uh, I don't know if they'll make players who were ejected available. We'll see. If they don't, then who knows who we'll hear from. I'll say, uh,
1: <laughs> hey, Jake, can I ask you a couple questions <laughs> about what you thought of the game? And
2: we'll talk about those ejections. It's all straight ahead here on the Jazz Radio Network.
0: Three, two, one. Catch and shoot three. Pow! The clock is at zero, and another Utah Jazz game is in the books. This is the Jazz Postgame Show. Ingles underhand scoop to Conley. Back out to Joe. Fires the three. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Donovan skies and hammers. Now with the recap of tonight's game. Here's Jake
4: Scott and Tim Lacombe.
2: Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Featuring the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe with you. Jazz fall tonight to the Pacers. 111. 2-100, we will get you uh, some post-game sound coming up. Of course, big story tonight, even though the game was pretty much over uh, in the fourth quarter, Rudy Gobert and Miles Turner uh, got into uh, a bit of a scuffle. Coach, uh, Rudy was falling to the ground, grabbed Miles Turner by the shorts, pulled Miles Turner over, basically with Rudy, and then Rudy got up first, Turner gave him a little shove, and uh, Rudy turned around and kind of... I don't. Know, it wasn't even a bear hug. You know, Rudy's Rudy's boxing background. It was kind of like he he. What do they call that? The clinch. Yeah, just time. Kind of a time up. Kind of clinch. Kind of thing. And then, of course, everybody responded. Uh, Rudy and Miles were thrown out, and uh, that was probably to be expected. But uh, also folks, at least here, were surprised that Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingalls were thrown out as well. That was absolutely because of contact with officials. Joe, while running to the initial scrum, absolutely made contact with the official. I mean, it looked like he was (laughs) headed right for him. It was, I don't know. I don't know if we'll hear from Joe about this, or if there'll be he'll he, give and us he a reason. Going but, yeah, like he was pretty hard. Yeah, he was flying in there. He he nailed Ed Malloy, and then as the scrum kind of circled around, and Donovan was pretty hot. He got I think it was Ed Malloy both was, times. Yeah, got him with a with a forearm, and Donovan was looking right at him too. So I don't know <laughs> if there'll be much of an excuse as to they didn't know or whatnot. But those that's the reason those two were included in the injections and. This was a, a physical, emotional game, and it certainly boiled over.
1: Yeah, I've seen some fights right in my day, but I would call that one. That was that was contained uh, amongst the guys. They Neither one threw a punch. They both made kind of minimal contact, but it was all the other stuff and guys flying in and the officials and the security. Uh, that's where most of that action happened. Yeah, and honestly, with – <laughs> with Joe, he just kind of came barreling in there. It looked like special teams. It, it looked did. like a block when the other guy did. didn't. Yeah, one of those.
2: Now, it's it's really not good because that means that, uh, you know, the NBA certainly will review it. And the, the uh, availability for Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles in the Miami game is certainly questionable at this point.
1: And I will say this, in the defense of, you know, the Jazz and the coaches, You know, you you go out there and all you really expect from officials is consistency. Um, You know, call the game on a nightly basis. um, The way you, you know, let us get used to, to what's being called. And I think tonight the way it was, it was a game plan thing, but it was right from the very beginning, the very first offensive rebound, because I remember Rudy just got trucked with two arms in the back and Sabonis grabbed it. And it was kind of physical from that point on, um, and I think that's where it all kind of started. So, the the reason the game got where it got to where it got to uh, was because of the frustration the built up. But the officials ultimately they have the responsibility to you know put a put a product out there that will maintain uh, you know l- limit frustration and that sort of thing. So it, it's hard. It's hard to call a game consistently every night because games are different. Um, but that's where I think the Jazz were frustrated. That, you know, some nights you breathe on a guy, it's a foul. And tonight it was a, right from the very beginning, it was a street fight.
2: And they played frustrated. They, they acted did. frustrated. They did. Yeah.
1: Totally. There's a, a lot of complaining. 100%. Yeah. Not and that's back. never good. That never helps. But I, I've been there. And, um, you know, right in the moment, you're, you're feeling pretty justified. I want to remind you about the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators
2: program presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas. Throughout the season, the Utah Jazz Inn and Instructure will recognize 21 MVEs. Each one will receive a visit from the Jazz Bear, a $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, tickets to see a jazz game in a suite. Go to nba.com slash jazz slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator now. We'll get to more breakdown coming up, but let's go down to the Jazz Media Room, and let's hear from Jazz Head Coach Quinn Snyder. I guess before the, the
5: skirmish that happened on the court, What what were the problems that you saw leading to you
6: guys being down and actually trying to find out? Well, I I think defensively, there was just, you know, there was breakdowns in a lot of different areas. Um, It's hard to identify any one thing. Um, You know, at halftime, their points in transition and their offensive rebounds, just possessions. Um, And I thought at times... Particularly when we turn the ball over, you know, it's it's really difficult for us to defend um, against turnovers or miss shots at the rim. So I, I thought, you know, those things in combination defensively, and that was the primary thing, you know. And I thought that continued where they, you know, they were able to get in the paint against us, put pressure on the rim. That wasn't just our guards that was breakdowns in a lot of different, different areas. What did you uh, see from that altercation? I couldn't see, um, what initially transpired, um, you know, with Rudy and Miles Turner, um, you know, obviously any, any time that your teammate gets, um, tangled up like that and you see people on the floor, you're going to react and, you know you're going to react emotionally, and uh, you know have your teammates back. You know so it goes. It goes from there. I think that's not you know not atypical of of many situations when you, you recognize that. From there, there was obviously a lot of emotion. Um, you know, it escalated. Some frustration there from from you guys so today. That- I mean, we weren't playing well. I, I don't. I don't think that. You know, we were competing, and you know, had a chance to cut it a few times. Um, I don't think it was frustration as much as it was, you know, trying to support a teammate when you see him, you know, on the ground, and not know. I don't. I, I. You know, I'm sure some of the players may have seen what happened, but I, I couldn't see why they went down. You know, I know Joe ran down. Um, You know, I think he, you know, he saw bumped into Ed Malloy. um, And I thought Ed handled that like he, like that's, you know, that's a pro ref. You know, they just tried to break it up. You know, that could have been a, uh, wasn't, I think that's why Joe got kicked out is what I'm saying. And I don't, I I didn't see that as something just watching the film that Joe was trying to you know, do anything with Ed and Ed, I think Ed handled it that way as well. But I understand you made contact with the official. That's the result. <clears throat> you did approach them as they were kind of watching
5: the replays and then afterwards kind of pointing at them. Yeah,
6: room I, room I mean, the, the, I was trying to figure out why Don and Donovan got ejected. You know, I mean, he, you know, I understand he's emotional, but he didn't, you know, there was nothing that he did other than, you know, he didn't calm down soon enough. Um, So... I didn't understand that
5: emotion. just, you know, everything going on today already just with the pregame press conference and just everything is in the, you know, players, they've both talked about Joe and Don, that that was emotional for them as well. How tough is it to, you know, come out here and do your job when there's so many other things in society going on that you feel personally.
6: I, I, you know, I think everything that, you know, the comments and the thoughts and, um, you know, support of, of, you know, that guys expressed previous to the game, um, were, you know, heartfelt, sincere, and, and certainly, um, deeply felt to, to jump to, you know, that playing itself out in, in a game. I, you know, I couldn't say, um, you know, I feel like our guys typically have, you know, compartmentalized certain things once the game starts and, so I, I, you know, I can't say specifically that. would Be something you'd have to you know, ask one. It wouldn't surprise me if there's you know emotion. Um, obviously, it's it's a tragic incident, but I, I wouldn't myself link link that to you know the game and our performance and things like that.
2: That's Jazz Head Coach Quinn Snyder coming off a tough loss and certainly talking about the the fracas involving Rudy Gobert and Miles Turner. He said he wasn't sure why Donovan got uh, ejected, and that's what he was so hot about. And Quinn Snyder was definitely fired up on the sidelines. Uh, we've seen tape, and Donovan definitely made contact with an official. I think he got uh, ejected for the same reason Joe did.
1: Yeah, it was, like we said, second time around, forearm kind of to the chest. And, you know, when things are hairy like that, you see you see people, but you don't really see them. And I think Donovan's focused on going forward and just, you know, again, you you're you're not rational. Right. You're not rational in those moments. But, yeah, that's something that Quinn probably just didn't see on the film. And I don't know if you can make the same argument for Joe.
2: (laughs) Not to make light of it, but I don't know if you can make the same argument for uh, for Joe. But nonetheless, that's the rule. you he heard Quinn Snyder; he was right. He took a, you know, a rational. He said you can't do that. He, he gave Ed Malloy uh, props for handling it like a pro, and yeah, I mean, Ed was Ed's not a young man, and he was mixed up and all that, and you know, I got to echo it there. But that's that's the rule. You can't make contact with an official. So and we'll see what comes down with those guys. But that's also the reason Donovan got ejected. I don't think it was that he did not cool off in time, and maybe coach just hasn't seen exactly or gotten exactly the explanation for that quite yet.
1: Yeah, that, that'll come, uh, but I think, you know, all in all, this is really this, it really kind of became the story, but the story really tonight was um, that that physical edge, you know, that Indiana kind of gambled with and brought, and, um, you know, it, it was probably the right card to play. Um, I know there was a ton of frustration with the way they were playing physically, but you, you play that way until the refs tell you to not yeah. play that way with their right. whistle, and, and, you know, the Jazz just kind of Got stuck in that pattern tonight. It's certainly a way to even the playing field when you're an underdog. I mean, we've seen that over and over oh, again. Oh, of course. Yeah,
2: you go out and play physical and muck it up, make the refs make a call. Get in their head, right? Yeah. You
1: hear that all the time.
2: And that's I I truly think that's what happened to the Jazz tonight. I mean, I think Rick Carlisle and certainly Indiana had a great game plan, and they played hard, but they they kind of set a tone, and the Jazz got thrown off and couldn't get back on. Yeah, I think it's perfectly said. Uh, post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru Is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru, Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at MySubaruIs.com. dot com. Your uh, final tonight: the Jazz fall to the Pacers here at Vivint Arena, one hundred and eleven to one hundred. We'll get you some player sound coming up next, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night, post-game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. It is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Tough one for the Jazz tonight. They lose to the Pacers. 111 to 100. Let's get a look at your points in the paint brought to you by CertaPro Pro painters called one 800 go Certa, or visit certapro.com That's Certa with a C. CertaPro Pro Painter is proven and trusted experts in painting. Uh, taking a look at your uh, points in the paint tonight, uh, Coach. Jazz actually outscored Indiana 58 to 48 in the paint. Uh, interesting, considering we're talking about how physical Indiana was and how many second chance points they had. Jazz still scored a bunch in the paint, but that's probably because they
1: weren't hitting the three ball. Yeah, that's a big reason why. Um, you know, I just look at that game and Indiana had uh, 13 more possessions in the Jazz tonight, and you know that it's just hard to counter that. You're you're on defense more than than you really are, are used to being, um, and and the you know they just chase balls down and then. It almost feels as though those bells are going to bounce to them you know you get kind of a, a defeatist mindset and to me the there were there were a couple of plays early that kind of set the tone um, but man that was uh that was an awful awful night on the glass uh, when you look at just total glass tonight they got the jazz get out rebounded by 16 um, rebounds and we just haven't seen that this team has been really solid on the glass you know, uh, just che- checking out the rebound numbers for the Pacers. They they out rebounded the Jazz
2: fifty three to thirty seven, but they didn't have one player with double digit rebounds. But let's see how many did they have. Uh, let's see here. I'll I'll go through it. Miles Turner with nine, Malcolm Brogdon with nine, uh, Sabonis had seven, T.J. McConnell of all people, all six one of them had eight rebounds, including five offensive. So they dominated the glass, but it's
1: it was a team effort. Everybody dominated the glass, and that typically points to a team that's pretty locked in that night, you know. They they've got each other's backs. They're going to, you know, they're going to They lost a tough game last night. They yeah. led most of the time, you know. Jokic was out and they missed a three at the buzzer to tie it and send it to overtime, but um yeah, this team plays hard, they're coached right, and tonight it just all kind of it all kind of clicked for them. Yeah, it did click for them, and they played hard. And the Jazz didn't play their game; they just didn't.
2: What do you think about the the switching one through five that the Jazz encountered specifically in the second half? The Pacers seem to do that with uh, a lot of uh, great effect.
1: Yeah, it was is like David said. You know, that's that's been the that's been something the Jazz have struggled with, um, especially when you're not making shots. That's really really effective. Um, because you switch everything, you take away roles, you stay close to home, you're able to contest, and that's what it felt like to me tonight. The Jazz did not have just wide-open jumpers. Uh, They had a few, you know, corner ones, but uh, I thought Indiana did a good job, particularly during that switching, uh, accounting for everyone, accounting for the role, and then just doing a great job of, of trying to run the Jazz off the three or contest the three. All right, let's uh, keep the post game sound rolling. Uh, let's get back down to the
2: media room and hear from Donovan Mitchell. Have
7: uh, you been told why you were Nope, I have Recording
0: not, in
6: progress.
7: Um, <clears throat> Honestly, I, I don't know. You know, I, 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 the the scruff, whatever you want to call that, is what it is. You know. It's really at a point now where the referees are allowing, especially like tonight, like the referees are allowing this to to get out of hand. Like, you know, we're playing through contact and you know, we're competitors, like both teams, you know, you play through contact, you do whatever, but at some point it's continuing to build and you can sense that, you know what I mean? And it's like, like you got to draw the line early, you know what I mean? Otherwise you're going to get situations like that where we're, you know, we feel like we're in a situation where we could possibly come back and then you eject three, you know, three key guys. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, have this energy in the in the first quarter, like you know what I mean. It's, it's 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 inconsistent, you know, with the with the officiating as far as you know the contact, like you know what's good, what's not good, playing through things, and then it's built up frustration for us, and you know, and then it goes both ways, you know what I mean. Like that's really where I'm at, like mentally, you know, being able to play through contact. You know, I I work on that all the time, but it's like you know the point where guys can't finish the role or, or guys are getting hit on screens, or guys feel like there's contact. You know, it alters shots, it alters. Different things, there's turnovers. And, you know, I haven't really said much all year about it, but it's like tonight, you know, the, tonight it showed, you know, and you, you if you establish the ground early you know and understand like this is where we're calling things, you know, then we don't get to this point. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's what it is for me. You know, like, whatever on the the other, you know, I'm getting fouled, guys are getting fouled, and then you start hitting people and it goes back and forth. And then you get to a point where it's like this, like that shouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? Like that should have been taken care of in the first quarter, you know, try the line early. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's just built up frustration. That's all that is. Ain't nothing else. It's just built up frustration. So, yeah. But that on the calls? Is
5: it frustration like game to game right. and then also like within one game?
7: Right. You know, and I'm not – I will say this. I'm not going to put the fact that we lost the game on that solely. We did a lot of things that we, you know, we could fix. We got we have the to rebound. There's a lot of things that we didn't do correct. So, like, I don't want – that to distract from things that we have to work on as a group. But I will say there are times where we feel like, you know, we're not getting calls or certain things. It's, it's, it's from game to game. You know what I mean? But tonight especially it stands out to me because it's like that could have been taken care of in the first half, you know, and then to have the answer be, Oh yeah, you did get fouled. Well, what does that do for me at the halftime? What does that do for me in the third quarter? What does that do for me in possession after I turned it over and they hit a three? You know and I mean, it doesn't do anything for us. You know, it's like, yeah, you were right. Okay. Like that's an easy way out. And at some point, you know we're getting held accountable for our actions, rightfully so. That's cool, but at the same token, they got to as well. You know, and I feel like that's that for me is, is and for a lot of us, you know, um, is is just where the frustration lies. Um, I know I'm not the only one that feels this way, but
5: yeah. Are you guys are you, are you as, as as players uh, feeling uh, the effects of the sharp contrast from the way the league has been calling games to the way the league is calling games right now?
7: Um. Or is there a sharp like i said it varies but like you know you just got to be able to adapt to it but it's 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 i wouldn't put that on why we're not shooting well or our shooting beside our assist numbers are down i wouldn't i wouldn't put it solely on that like you know we have strong guys, tough guys who continue. Like we play, we, we work out and we work out and <clears throat> put ourselves in situations. So we're ready to play through contact, but I'm not going to put all that on the changing of the calls. You know, I, I don't think that's, you know, we've, at the end of the day, what were we eight and four, like, you know, we, we won games, you know, doing that. So it's not about that for us. I think just the consistency is the one thing I will say, you know, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that just goes on and then it ends up like this, you know, um, that, that could have been avoided. That's my biggest thing. Like, that whole thing could have been avoided, you know, if things were, you know, whether it's called on us or called on them. I'm not – you know what I mean? Like, just, just draw the line early for game to game, game to game, quarter to quarter, and then you get to a fourth where we're making a push or whatever, and the bigs are battling, and then, you know, you get that, so. You were pretty monstrous in defending Rudy mm-hmm. there, and, you know, getting held back or
5: whatever else. Mm-hmm. Why was that? Was there something that was said
0: or was there something that, you know, was it just the fight
7: between the two or? Uh? No, I mean, honestly, I didn't even see what really happened. I just, you know, I know Miles, I know Rudy, you know what I mean? Like, why? Like, what? what are we, like, you know what I mean? And like, what are we doing? And I, that's where I got mad at. Like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, I'm going to always stick up for my teammates. That's, that's not going to change, you know, and I just got in the sense because it's like, like I said, a lot of that could have been important. It's just built up frustration, you know, and, that's a situation where it just let out. You know, um, I don't regret. <clears throat> I don't regret doing it. You know, I think it kind of set a tone where it's like, okay, we got we got hit in the, in, in the face. You know, with with this game. With before all that happened, they were doing things. where I think they had more, as many offensive rebounds as we had uh, defensive rebounds. You know, like we were doing so many things. You know, not the right way, and and, and we did. We could have done a lot of things that prevented that. But you know, when I say that, I mean the the rebounds. Um, so for me, it was a lot of, lot of different things I just built up. And, you know, I'm just going to have my
5: teammates back, you know, so that's what it is. It seems like you maybe had someone kind of specifically you were looking at as the altercation unfold. No. Is that correct? No. Nah. Quinn <laughs> talked about the emotions, you know, just making in general. For you, I mean, just what's it like to have to go and compartmentalize the game and get ready to play a game when there's so many other social things going on that you spoke about very, very real, very genuine
7: about. Um, I can only speak for myself. You know, when I say this, I don't think it's that difficult for me. You know, I'm able to do, able to do that. You know, I've, I've, I'm, I'm blessed that I have that ability. You know, not everybody has that. Not speaking for my teammates or guys around the league, like not everybody's able to do that. You know, it's just the way we are. So for me, I, I'm, I think it's you know tonight you play for Izzy you know you have that emotion you know for Izzy this this I'm not gonna say that's why I, I did that <laughs> you know what I mean but um, like you you put your heart and soul into that especially for uh, for situations like that I think it makes you go even harder you know because at the end of the day you realize you know the impact you have playing this game you have the impact you have like I tell you with the with the platform I have and we have as a group so. You know, if anything, it's motivating. It's 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 what we did in the bubble. You know, we did that in the bubble. It's really what kind of, you know, propelled us as a as a league. Not even just myself or as a team. It propelled us as a, as a league to keep on going. Maybe when we stopped, we kept going because of that. Because we felt like we can, you know, do things. So even to go out there and play a game, and I don't think it really, you know, affects it. It's it wears on you when you're off the floor because it's like, man, like this is something that, you know, is is. And I told y'all this morning, it's like, it's, it's it's unbelievable, you know, off the floor. But, you know, once I get on the court, you know, it's kind of like well, that has been my escape in, in my life. You know, it's kind of where I've always gone to. So once I get on the court, it's 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 time to, to go. Indiana had a lot of success tonight, just getting to the rim and mm-hmm. grabbing
3: offensively
7: down. Are those
5: problem areas at this point, or are they just things you need to clean up? Yeah, we really
7: just didn't play well. Like, we've guarded we've guarded guys really well. And we, all of us as a group, we just didn't guard necessarily well. You know, when we, even when we did, we gave up another rebound and then they would score, you know? So it's hard to play 24, 22 seconds of great defense, they get a rebound and then do it again. And then on top of that, not make shots. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a lot of compounding things and we just didn't, we didn't execute well. And our offense got stagnant a little bit in certain instances that we can fix. But, you know, if we, like I said, I don't want the the scuffle or whatever to get involved. Like we did a lot of things that we can fix. We 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 put ourselves in a down ten, down twelve position, you know, and we're gonna go look at the film and get ready because Miami's not gonna be any easier. It's gonna be physical.
5: We gotta be ready for that. Obviously, most tough moment, but I didn't know if that, you know, the fans are cheering. you took a quick moment. peek and looked at the top screen and you know, you were right there, gave a little slight smile. What's it like to have just the support of that fan base yeah. the home base? Um I didn't know what happened
7: why they were smiling, so I kind of looked up to see what they were, yeah. were going at. You know, for me, it's it's always great to have <clears throat> support, you know, in, in situations like that. It went wild when they saw Rudy, you know, rightfully so. He stuck up for himself. We stuck up for him. And, you know, it's great that when the fans have our back and, you know, we are always con- continue to have each other's back, you know, that's why we play so hard, you know, for each other, for this crowd and for this organization. So, um it's easy to go out there and lay it on, on the line every day, even when you're dead tired. And that that energy, the loud, how loud it got, was like a playoff atmosphere. So it's just one of those things where it's like, man, even when it's not sold out, it's like you know, it's 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 passion. There's so many different things behind it. And we we definitely as players appreciate it.
2: There's Donovan Mitchell uh, in his post game comments. Of course, a lot of it was about the uh, altercation that took place there in the fourth quarter. But as Donovan said. That's not the reason they lost this game. They were well on their way to an L before that even happened. But Donovan tonight uh finished with 26 points, five rebounds, four assists, 11 of 20 shooting, three of seven from three. But what would you think about what Donovan had to say right there, Coach?
1: No, I think there were a lot of, you know, things we touched on. It is the inconsistency that fuels the frustration. And Donovan admitted that you know, that, that wasn't the reason they lost, you know, the the calls or the inconsistency that many things went wrong tonight. Uh, and then he kind of listed them off, but, um, yeah, I think in the heat of the moment, you're certainly, um, you know, you're focused on the most frustrating thing. And sometimes that's the officials, when you get away from it, you realize we got beat to a lot of balls. You know, we missed a lot of assignments, like Quinn said, and there are a lot of things we can do personally to try to, you know, make sure that doesn't happen. So, Um, You know, pretty, pretty straightforward. I I like that Donovan was was pretty forceful about the inconsistency, because I think that that is real. And I think that Indiana coming out and and playing that way from the start If the ref blows a couple of whistles. And they, you know, I always believe, you know, for the most part, unless there's just a bad actor out there, you know, the, the game can kind of be controlled with the whistle. Um, I think you you set the tone early, and and I do believe that this particular office, uh, crew did a poor job that way of just being consistent within the rules.
2: Let's get some more media. Uh, well, post game sound. Let's go back down to the media room, and now let's hear from Royce O'Neill. I see we're
5: pretty upset with the ejections or the refereeing or something. There, tell, I guess tell us
4: what it was. I mean, of course. I mean, we had what three people get ejected, and now they only had one. I mean. I still don't understand why Donovan got ejected, but and then some of the calls, you know, I feel like we're not going our way. So it happens. Think too much, but I think you know from the jump things got to you know be settled out before they escalate to get to that point. So after the ejections. Uh, it seemed like you
5: were still pretty fired up. Did you feel like things weren't still settled that on the court from, whether it's from the officials or from the other players, you feel like those next couple possessions were still?
4: I mean, since the tension that was still there, I mean, everybody was frustrated. I mean, so, I mean, for sure.
5: What was your perspective of the scuffle and what, what did you see what happened?
4: Uh, I mean, I I was at the other end and, you know, I ran down there, you know, stuck up for all my teammates and that's what, you know, we all did at the end of the day. So, I mean, we all got each other's back and that's all that matters.
2: All right. That's Royce O'Neal. Obviously a lot of talk about the, uh, the incident there. And I think, you know, whether it's Royce or Donovan Mitchell, they're going to come to the aid or have the back of their teammate.
1: Uh, but, uh, you know, that that was
2: it'll be the story of the game, but
1: it wasn't. Yeah, it's, it's the crazy thing you talk about. Yeah, it, exactly. And it it was the spectacle once the game was kind of settled because it was settled at that point yep. pretty much. Uh, I think the tone was set. So, yeah, I I do like that. You know, they have each other's back, and there may be if there is a silver lining that you know the Jazz kind of have a this moment to kind of hey. We're not going to get pushed around, right? We're going to have each other's backs, and you just never know how stuff like that comes out. But um, that would be the only real silver lining in my mind tonight. Now, if Donovan
2: and Joe can't play the next game against Miami, it might be the story of the next game,
1: right? And it, I, I mean, you've done this way longer than me, but it seems as though that would probably warrant that. Or Joe is getting suspended. Yeah. I would,
2: I would. <laughs> I feel pretty confident in saying that now. I don't know about Donovan. The contact was much less um uh forceful and right. Donovan definitely can play the card where it was kind of the, the fog was... of war. I was
1: yelling and, yeah, exactly. and pushing around and didn't and know And I do exactly believe that's of the yeah, truth. Yeah. Like there, you know, I I do want to hear you know years from now You I I want to hear at least the, the retelling of that from Joe's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> 'Cause it would be good. I hate to laugh, but we see these videos all over Twitter.
2: And really Joe just comes in like a bat out of hell and just runs right into Ed Malloy and then
1: immediately turns like oh wait well, a minute. No, well, I, I was saw it. that guy. So I instantly saw it when I saw when I was watching it live. You did well, I saw what I saw was Joe go flying in to him and I thought from maybe the alt you know, this the Russia people that he got shoved into him. Right. Because he hit Malloy went flying. He ran right in. He ran right in.
2: (laughs) He ran right into him. But uh, shout out to our guy, Jody Guinnessy on Twitter, at DJ Jazzy Jody. He has a particularly good angle of that video where you can see Joe just comes in and pushes him. That's... That's going to be a suspension for Joe. I would be shocked if if Rudy or Miles Turner got suspended, and then uh, they'll have to go back and look at just how much contact Donovan made, and if they thought it was intentional or incidental, or even if that matters. I mean, if it's if it's all about just the contact with the referee, definitely made contact with the referee. So we'll see what happens. But I I would be shocked if we see Joe Ingles against Miami.
1: Yeah, I would too. <laughs>
2: All right, uh, your final score tonight, the Jazz fall to the Pacers, 111 to 100. Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru Is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at MySubaruIs.com. Coming up next, we'll get you more player sound effect, Rudy Gobert. We'll get you Rudy's reaction straight ahead here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. 111 to 100 is your final. The Jazz fall tonight uh, here at Vivint Arena to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, we'll get you more sound from the locker room coming up, but let's first check out your Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball and proud to be the official or the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 to United Way of Utah for each rebound secured. By this year's team rebound leader, your master of the glass tonight, Rudy Gobert, who had 11 rebounds to go along with his 19 points, but the Jazz did not rebound the ball well tonight. Uh, Whiteside had seven and Donovan had five, but everybody else had just two or three. Basically, Uh, Joe Ingles had four. I take that back. But Jazz get out rebounded 53 to 37. And that that's the big surprise of the game, coach. Uh, the Jazz got pounded on the boards.
1: Yeah, we haven't seen it. Uh, in fact, the Jazz have been doing that to other teams, uh, in, in rebounding's been kind of a constant. It's funny uh, how the season kind of progresses. You go through hot highs and lows. You go through um, good times. Tonight will be kind of a low point, I think, for the first uh, 10, 11 games of the year, 12 games of the year. I think it's one where, um, you know, the Jazz kind of showed, and, and David mentioned this, there was there was a part of this game that you're like, uh There's still a lot of things to work on, you know, and and that's just how a season goes. I think, um, you know, the Jazz have been really good in terms of their their competitive effort. Not, you know, not out hustled in my mind in a lot of games, but tonight um, it was a combination of things, but that rebounding number really tells a huge part of the tale. It does, and it was going to be tough to overcome, and it, it was that way, as you've said a couple times tonight.
2: It was that way right off the bat and the, uh, the Pacers set a, set a tone, and we're going to go out there and be physical, and certainly was so on the boards. made a huge difference.
1: Yeah, and, um, you know, we got we got to watch a game, and a wrestling match broke out. It, it did, briefly. Uh, in fact... Uh, the, the hubbub was way bigger than the actual... Like, seriously, that could have been... <laughs> those two guys, if it wouldn't have wrapped each other up, it could have been, you know, easily two T's and, and move on. Yep. Let's go back down to the media room. Let's hear from the man himself, shall we? Uh,
2: here is Rudy Gobert.
3: As upset as you were, what
5: made you stop short of actually throwing a punch?
8: <clears throat> you know, when you... First of all, like, we know we ain't going to fight. So, like, guys need to stop acting like they're going to fight because they know that in two seconds, there's going to be 20 security guards mm-hmm. Uh in between us and they know that, okay, it's cool for the cameras, but they know we aren't going to fight So, Like guys that are not about about their life need to stop acting like they are. Because at some point, like, you know, we, at some point we might have to, like, I might have to stand up for myself if, you know, if, also if the officials keep doing the, what they've been doing over the season, you know, like I'm, they allow guys to do way too much. I keep my head cool because I, you know, I have a lot of self-control, like I do a lot of, <clears throat> it's actually funny because my boxing coach was at the game <laughs> and that's the only time in the year that he came to the game so it just, it's funny, but, <clears throat> you know, they teach you how to keep your calm and <clears throat> if I don't feel threatened, I'm not going to, you know, throw a punch and get suspended and hurt my team, you know, so it's, uh, uh, I didn't feel no threat at all and uh, You know, and I'm not going to fight on the basketball court. Uh, But if somebody want to fight, I'm easy to reach, you know, uh, I'm really easy to reach. So I'm just not going to do it on social media or like, you know, if anyone got a problem, uh, Instagram, Twitter, WhatsApp,
4: easy.
5: So I do want to ask, you know, obviously, (laughs) I miss when it's kind of all wrapped up and stuff like that. The crowd started going nuts, then, you know, you kind of looked up and you saw yourself on the big screen. What's it like to get that kind of reaction from the crowd, just knowing, you know, they're in the corner with
8: the train. I mean, uh, the, the crowd, I mean, crowd love that, you know, the love when, uh, you know, it's something more than just basketball happening. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a good feeling to know that, to feel that, you know, they have my back and, uh, but you know now, yeah, nothing like nothing's gonna happen so let's stop acting like you're gonna do something because if it's just me and you in the room you ain't gonna do nothing so yeah guy, too many guys you know it's been every game like guys try to do it for the cameras and you know and 20 years ago they they would let you fight a little more and uh, now like we i can't put myself in a position when <clears throat> you know i'm I'm hurting my team and uh especially for some guys that, you know, uh, yeah, like I, I got more, more to lose, you know, so I got to be smarter and <clears throat> I got to stand up for myself though, but I got to be smarter.
6: Do
5: you have any expectation
8: about whether you might be suspended for any position? <clears throat> I don't think I should. I mean, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I mean, it was a technical foul. I mean, uh, I just grabbed him, made sure that couldn't do anything else and, uh, and waited for the you know, wait to see what was going to happen.
5: Were you surprised that that Joe and
8: Donovan also got ejected? <laughs> I was surprised when I heard it, but but then when I watched the video and I saw what happened, I mean... Um, but yeah, it's just basketball, man. We just have to play basketball. And uh, guys need to stop acting like they're going to do more than, than play basketball, you know, that's it. And if they do want to do more, like, let's do it outside the court and uh, without security and, you know, and as men, and then we figure it out. But on the court, like, <clears throat> you know, I mean, we, ain't nobody going to do, let's stop acting like, you know, we about that life when most guys are not. What was,
4: uh, Donovan made the point that he didn't want? the skirmish to kind of become to get <clears throat> all
5: the attention because there were problems
8: with the game mm-hmm. it was more <clears> than <throat> books. um <clears throat> I mean I think we our physicality you know we yeah we let them get way too many offensive rebounds. Um uh, you know they were they were the more aggressive team tonight and uh we made a we made some runs but uh You know, we we couldn't get the stops we needed. And, uh, you know, we got to bounce back, you know, Saturday and uh, just keep getting better. You know, it's it's a long season. Uh, You know, keep trusting one another, keep playing as a team. Uh, We're going to watch film and see what we can do better.
2: There's Rudy Gobert of course uh, Rudy was ejected tonight talked a lot about that situation but Rudy had 19 points 11 boards had a double double also had um, a block shot. I thought that was uh, I thought that was I guess the line of the of the year so far where where Rudy said I wasn't sure why they got to talk about Donovan Joe. I wasn't really sure why
1: they got ejected at the time but then I watched the video and uh, <laughs> well I love to because when he was being asked the question he just kind of started to laugh. Um, you know, and then he, he kind of said what you said it, but it was the timing of it was great. I think he, he saw what we saw and that is, um, Ed Malloy take a good shot. He did from
2: Joe who appeared to be aiming right at him. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
2: Joe, too- Joe, by the way, declined to, to talk to the media tonight. I'm so disappointed because I really am eager you hear an explanation. I'm telling you,
1: when that story gets told, even if it's secondhand, it's going to be the stuff of legend. I promise
2: you, it will. Do you think it was like uh, it, w- it was like uh, you know the, the defensive lineman or whatever when uh, when your team gets an interception, you have that chance to block the quarterback. You, know, you have that chance. That's to, what it felt like—a right. change
1: of possession.
2: <laughs> and all of a sudden, Joe thought, "Oh man, Ed Malloy's standing right there."
1: I'm gonna overshoot the fray, <laughs> and I mean I'm telling you, man. You know what?
2: I'm sure glad he did it because you know what? This would be a lot less lighthearted post game if he did not. It, it did give it us ju- something to talk about. The Jazz did not play well, and that that actually the the fracas was not a particularly good look either. I don't know what Rudy's talking about when he's talking about guys need to knock off the if they're not going to want to fight to not act like it or this because security's coming in, in two seconds or whatever. I mean, it, you know, that was kind of Rudy doing some of that same stuff. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it was just frustration boiling over, I think on all fronts. And when you get a chance to push a referee, why not?
1: I guess. And I'm going to tell you, it all looks crazy from up in the stands and where we sit, but I promise you, Everything that happened tonight at some point was like, yeah, man, that's what we got to do, right? Yeah. Um. But everything settles down. The tensions settle down. And and there'll be an, a learning moment here for everybody. Um, You know, Rudy, to his credit, there weren't any punches thrown. No. And could have been easy. And he said he was, well, he said that. Well, he, no, what I'm saying is they, they were in proximity. And we've seen, right. you know, instead of like throwing haymakers, they just more or less wrapped each other up and. Neither one could take the other one to the floor, so it just became a waltz of some sort, and then Joe came into what's what's the the slam dance That's yeah what, he came in. in and was like, "Ah, party broke out all right, and then again, uh, if you're just join, joining
2: us, Donovan also got ejected for making well from what we can tell contact with an official. It was much less egregious than Joe's, so we'll see if there are any suspensions uh that are Handed down, but I, you know, Rudy, you know, we talk about his uh, complaining to the refs, and sometimes that gets a little bit. Uh, he he gets into that a little too much. It wasn't as bad last year as it had been in previous years, but it, part of me has a lot of sympathy for Rudy because he does get, you know, you you get beat up playing the five spot in the NBA, still, even in the kind of softer NBA and then the referees don't have a lot of sympathy for you, right? I mean, they'll they'll blow the Yeah, wind. you're the bigger yeah, guy. You're the bigger guy. So they're they're just going to let a lot of stuff go and you know, we watch Rudy and we think okay, he needs to play with more force and and sometimes he tries to lay it up when he should dunk it in these things, but he's getting fouled every time it happens. And so I I think Rudy needs to focus on running the floor and getting back on defense, but I I certainly understand the frustration. We've heard other players talk about it at times. LeBron's talked about it a lot. How when he gets into the lane, uh, the the referees just swallowed their whistles because he's the you know the size of a house and he should be able to withstand it or whatever. But I I do believe that Rudy gets a lot of that, and I think a lot of teams go in saying the best way to play against Rudy is to rough him up. Rough him up. Yep. And I think he gets that on a nightly basis. And so I don't know if it's you know the smart thing to do to get frustrated, but I certainly understand it.
1: Yeah, it's it's human. It's human nature. You get pushed around. Um, It's it's what I talked about. It's so you think about Rudy and just where he's engaged in contact, and it's just about every part of the game, because he's he's the screen guy. So you know those guards come off. You don't think they're they're not coming off to get screened. They're fighting, and he's getting elbows in the rib cage. Um, You know on the glass, it's, it's a fight. It's a scrum in there, and and there's a lot of that, and so. Yeah, to, to Rudy's point, you know, it's, it's, it's a physical game, um, one that he deals with usually pretty well. Uh, but tonight I think the entire game plan of Indiana was, hey, we, we don't have the depth, the talent to stay with these guys per se, but we can certainly put a bunch of veterans out there that care, and we're just going to throw our bodies around, and hopefully we get a decent whistle. And they did. You know, all those things worked out for the Pacers. Yeah, they they sure did. Uh, they came in with a game plan, they executed it,
2: and you know the Jazz come away with a tough loss. This was this was a, a hard loss, certainly a hard loss at home as well. Uh, your final score one eleven to one hundred. The Jazz fall tonight to the Indiana Pacers. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at My Subaru is. We'll have you play the game and get coach's final thoughts on this one. Coming up next right here on the jazz radio network.
0: The bonus rebounds. Pascal steals it back up and in. I am stronger than you. I am Eric Pascal. Pow.
2: There is your play of the game, courtesy of our friend David Locken, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service sales and selection, LHMAuto.com, driven by you. Jazz fall tonight at home to the Pacers 111 to 100 uh, post game uh, with Jake Scott and Tim McComb, brought to you by uh, Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru's campaign. Real stories for real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Uh, learn more and share your story at uh, com. Uh, sorry, Tim, I'm a little distracted. We have the pool report out here uh, getting some explanations from Ed Malloy um, about the altercation here. Uh, Andy Larson was the pool reporter from the uh, Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, I'll just go ahead and read here, Tim, because I'm actually a little surprised by some of this. Uh, question, why was Miles Turner ejected from the game? Ed Malloy said, quote, Miles Turner was assessed a technical foul and ejected for participating in an altercation. Question, why was Rudy Gobert ejected from the game? Malloy said, quote, Rudy Gobert was assessed to technical foul and ejected for participating in an altercation. Question, why was Joe Ingles ejected from the game? Malloy said, quote, Joe Ingles was assessed to technical foul and was ejected from the game for making contact with an official and acting as an instigator and escalating the situation. Question, was it deemed to be intentional contact or does it have to be intentional uh, to be assessed? Uh, Malloy said, quote, it was, uh, no, it was the contact. It wasn't deemed intentional. And then, question, why was Donovan Mitchell ejected from the game? Malloy said, quote, Donovan Mitchell was assessed technical foul and ejected for acting as an instigator and escalating the situation. So, Mitchell apparently was not ejected for making contact with an official, which uh, you and I both saw the tape. We thought he did, but apparently that was not the reason. And Ed uh, and Malloy says, uh, Joe Ingalls, the contact with the official was not deemed intentional. I don't know how that's possible, but that's good news. Maybe Joe won't be suspended on Saturday, and still have a great story, and still have a great story. He'll have gotten away with one if uh, if he doesn't get suspended.
1: Yeah. The, uh, so in my mind, they shouldn't. If, if that's really what they saw, uh, I can see Joe, you know, because of the contact. But if Donna uh, Donovan was was an instigator, I, there were a lot of instigators out there. Yeah. So that to me seems a little odd. I kind of thought so too, and maybe this is just
2: uh, Ed Molloy kind of a- answering somewhat vaguely and is gonna let the the league office sift through it. Um, I don't know, but pretty sure Joe's was intentional. <laughs> pretty sure Donovan did make contact with uh, with also with Ed Molloy, but we'll see what comes out of the league office. but there's your official pool reporter comment from Ed Malloy on uh, on the situation tonight. And, and Rudy and Miles Turner deserve to get ejected, both of them. Uh, Rudy had already had a technical foul, so that certainly spelled the end for his night. As far as uh, Joe goes, I think he earned it, and we'll see. We'll see about Donovan.
1: And It is funny because we spent, I would say, 75% of the postgame talking about that particular piece, you know, because that really is the thing that gets put out there. But, well, you know, really the story tonight was just the Jazz inability to to rebound the basketball effectively, um, which I think was all a byproduct of the physicality that Indiana played with early. So uh, a lot of different things that that connect. But ultimately, you know, this was by far the, the most disappointing loss of the year. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. And the way the way that Jazz played and lost as well was uh, was tough.
1: If you're just joining us, uh, we've been talking
2: a lot about the ejection spot. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, 26 points tonight, 11 of 20 shooting, 3 of 7 from 3. Donovan had five boards, four assists. Rudy Gobert tonight, 19 points, 11 rebounds, had a block shot. Jordan Clarkson had 11 points coming in off the bench, but he did not shoot the ball well tonight. 3 of 14 from the field, 2 of 10 from three. The Jazz didn't shoot the three ball well at all tonight. 9 of 32, uh, just 28% tonight uh, from three. Mike Conley struggled. He had eight assists, but uh, only six points tonight uh, for Mike Um Bogdanovich had eight Royce O'Neal with four. So Pascal had a nice game. Four of four had nine points. Heard him with our play of the game right there as he continues to just bring energy, but not enough for the Utah Jazz. The Pacers were led by Malcolm Brogdon, who had 30 points. Uh, TJ McConnell had 21 coming in off the bench. Uh, Let's see. uh, Miles Turner with 13, nine and a block. And I believe the uh, Indiana Pacers Twitter handle after the game called Miles Turner, the best defensive player in the league. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Oh, excuse me. Actually, I I take that back. Malcolm Brogdon
1: said that. The Pacers Twitter uh, put it out there. Malcolm Brogdon said they have the best defensive player in the league. Well, you know, you got Rudy's number if you want something something to say to him. He's accessible. He's not hard to find, apparently. That's what he said. And I really think the way we should wrap up this postgame is we should drop our headsets and wrestle. No, I don't think we should do that. Chairs flying around the studio just in, in honor of the game
2: that was uh that was certainly a story. that comment was
1: for craig bowler jack uh shout out to bowler man. bowler called in the break he's i'll tell you what you talk about teammates
2: oh the dude, dude's the got best. our back always oh man bowler bowler is truly one of the best uh, people out there and not to mention one of the best at what he does for a living uh, uh we are so um uh blessed to have bowler to do what he does uh, on all these jazz broadcasts let us not forget uh, bowler is like Legendary. Called legend. Called games for CBS, ESPN, Fox, some of the best games ever called NCAA tournament games, SEC games, NFL games. Man, it's great to have Buller here. And uh, what, a, what a great job that TV crew is doing this year, too, with the addition of uh, Holly Rowe. I, she was not on the broadcast, I don't believe, tonight. But uh, and Michael Smith doing a great job, too. So shout out to the TV crew and uh, specifically Buller. What a stud. And a lemma, too. You're okay. I think I'm going to see a lemma tomorrow.
1: Oh, yeah, the football Friday. Yeah, um, Mike Smith, I think, is starting to get paid by the tweet. He's, Tonight, he's tweet been active, huh? 7,500 times. <laughs> so i gotta, look, I got to figure out what he's doing out there with that. All right, Coach, give us a few final thoughts before we turn the page on this one for uh, Miami. Well, every season you think about it, man, and, and you look at a schedule and you start going down the list and you make the mistake of saying, oh, we'll win that one, win that one. Hey, we're going to be at home for a while here. Uh, the truth of the matter is this is the NBA. There's really good players on every team. And I think tonight it was it was a combination of good players who were frustrated from losing last night and, and a great coach who kind of just looked at this thing and, and knew they, they had a couple different ways they could win. But the, the common denominator is they had to be physical uh, and they had to be physical from the start. I, I think sometimes when you're the aggressor, the other team, um, you know, kind of falls in line and the officials fall in line and everything kind of goes your way. And so a lot of different things they did, switching, um, you know, the, the way that, that, uh, that McConnell picked up full court, just little things that, that would cause the Jazz to be off kilter. And then the way they rebounded the ball, you know, McConnell had five rebounds from the point guard position, which means they were sending everybody. They're trying to slow the Jazz down the best they can, or best they could, and, the, and it worked. So you write this one off, uh, you're going to have a handful of bad losses every year, even a good team. That's one of them. It's hard to be down in the weeds when it happens, but we'll, the Jazz will—they'll get it figured out. Um, you know, uh, Clarkson's got to start to get more consistent. I think that's going to be a big piece in shooting the ball and and making decisions. You know, some of the shots that maybe he's taking to try to break out of a slump, um, maybe move it one more time. Uh, but I like the energy uh, that that Eric Pascal brought out tonight. I think that needs to be contagious off the bench.
2: We want to say a big thanks to David Lock, Ron Boone, for doing a fantastic uh, job calling the game tonight. Uh, thanks to the uh, broadcast assistants. Thanks to Jeff, the executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Uh, he always does a great job. Big thanks to Jeff. Jeff Thanks to the uh, title sponsor of the postgame show, of course, Mark Miller Subaru. The My Subaru Is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at MySubaruIs.com. And, of course, Coach Lacombe, thank you, sir.
1: Pleasure, pro. It's been good being back. I got together. to talk to you a couple times today. Yeah, it was nice. And, and I do need to mention Jeff's a Massachusetts guy, so you know he's good. Is Massachusetts that, is a good is spot. That true.
2: Yeah. It is. I know it has a well, place in your heart. New England.
1: <laughs> we say New England. We share that.
2: All right. Your final, uh, the Jazz lose tonight to the the Indiana Pacers, 111 to 100. Our next broadcast is coming your way for on Saturday afternoon. Love it. A Saturday afternoon game. It's going to be great. Three o'clock tip-off here at Vivint Arena, the Miami Heater in town. Pre-game coverage begins at 2, and, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.